comes out, Suzuki working in, right side, saved by Leonard, rebound, another stop Leonard, puck into the slot, Toffoli shoots, stopped by Robin Leonard, and the rebound goes wide. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Owen Patrick comes in, drops it off, out and shoots, he scores! The former Ranger! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Give us a call right now. The first hour, eh, maybe 75 minutes, uh, 65 minutes is yours. We are going to work our way through the phones and let you listen and talk and communicate with us. Remember, give us a call because we want to hear from you. It's the second half of the season. We're ready to rock. Who do we got? Mike? Oh, he's answering the phones. They're lighting up right now. That's uh, that's three lines already ready to uh, to go as we go to the uh, phone lines on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Mike, you're on the air. Ready to roll. Ready to roll after the All-Star break. Headed to Alberta. Are you optimistic, first of all? It's an important series. I, I will say that there's no there's no easing into this post All Star schedule. These are two very pivotal games against teams that are coming that have games in hand. And preseason picks would have said these teams would have been the ones that would uh, battle for first place or push you for first place if there was going to be a race. And uh, at Edmonton and Calgary uh, are are very important four points available. Oh, you're absolutely right. It's all I heard back in September, was Edmonton and, Al- and Calgary. So here we go. Uh, I do have to ask a question about the Jack Eichel era, which is about to begin. And I asked this last week. I asked something similar, but this is completely different. When Jack got injured and it was a collision against the boards, I don't know who who gave him the cross check, but whatever. Uh, was that an injury that not only ended his season, but almost ended his career. In other words, before that hit, was he okay? As far as I know, yes. That, that, okay. That the hit that initiated uh, the herniated disc. Now, the question I have is simply this, and I hope you don't get angry, but he played 21 games in that abbreviated 2020 season. He scored two goals. I guess the question is, what's up with that? He's not healthy. You, well, you don't have the you don't have the faith in your body. You can't do anything when you're uh, when you're dealing with pain. Uh, that's what I chalk that up to is is just not having the ability with your body to be able to do the things that you're uh, capable of doing. But that was before the injury, wasn't it? Well, he he played. He he played through some rehab too, mm-hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't a situation oh. where he was injured and then stopped playing at that moment. He continued to play games after being injured. So he was not healthy when he got hit into the boards. Then is what you're saying. So uh, let me get the because you're you're doing a lot of dancing around here, Mike. 
Say Indeed. what you want to say, and well, then let I me react to it. If he had two goals in 21 games, yep. and if he were healthy during those 21 games, what happened in those 21 games? Didn't didn't perform. Didn't produce. Wasn't wasn't on a, a great team. I, I believe he was uh, dealing with something at, at that point, but uh, off the top of my head, I, I can't tell you. But Jack Eichel doesn't score two goals in twenty-one games with without no. there's something going on. Uh, but he's healthy now, and I I expect uh, a performance that will reflect what is a top ten player in, in the league. So you again. You're thinking that there's some I, issues with, with Jack Eichel because he didn't score before the surgery, before the I, injury? I, I mean, it's, it's simple black and white. If mm. he didn't score before the surgery, what was wrong in those first 21 games of the 2020 season? And I, I think it's a legitimate concern of some kind. So can I, I'm, I'm going to throw out some numbers from Jack Eichel prior to those 21 oh, games. Oh, I've 20, already looked at them. 20, yes, you don't 21 have to, but games, go ahead. 21 games in 375 career games is, is a pretty small sample size that we're dealing with here. Now, there's a lot of different factors you can look at. There was bringing in Taylor Hall and adjusting to play with a new player, both of whom want the puck on their stick. Um, there were a lot of things going on with that Buffalo Sabres team just in terms of it not being a very good team, not being very productive. Uh, I know the goal scoring is one that you're you're focused on. You're looking at two goals in 21 games. That's not going to cut it. But you're, you're also missing the the fact that Eichel was essentially 18 points in 21 games, almost a point a game player uh, in 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 setting up, helping, creating for a team, even when he didn't have the goal scoring touch. But you know, we're talking about a kid who, over the course of his career, 24, 24, 25, 28, and 36 goals. I'm going to look at the larger sample size of every single season beyond the one where he only played 21 games and only had two goals as being more what Jack Eichel is than the 21 games in which he was dealing with injuries. And you're absolutely right, and no one wants to stay optimistic more than I do, because I do believe that he is the missing piece. Uh, I don't know what other things they'll have to do to make room for him, but that isn't a topic of conversation because I did that last week. But I do appreciate you guys clearing that up. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, 702-876-1340. Give us a call. The first uh, segment is all yours. Uh, Before we get uh, beyond this, and Stephanie's standing by, it didn't even occur to me to, to look at that. And that may be on me and, and good on Mike to, to point it out and, and have that conversation. But it just it didn't cross my mind uh, to to go down that path about before or after because things have been so dysfunctional mm-hmm. in Buffalo before that. And and the, your point about Taylor Hall and remember, he was brought in uh, about to play with Jack, and yep. we had Marty Baron on the program and talking left, right shot, right shot, and how they were going to be able to, and it didn't, it didn't, didn't mesh yeah. uh, at all. But uh, uh, that conversation uh, was one that uh, that we credit you, the listener, for having because it uh, it was one that uh, that I was never going to 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 raise. Here's Stephanie on the VGK Insider Show. Happy Monday, Stephanie. Happy Monday, guys. How are you doing? Very good. What's up? So I know that there's a lot coming up, but I honestly just want to talk about All-Star Weekend, if that's okay. Sure. I, we're going to do that uh, throughout the next two hours, so uh, have at her. Okay. So I, I personally got to go to the Skills Challenge, and uh, after being there, uh, all I can say is that 
literally every professional sport should just do the breakaway challenge for their all-star game. That was the most hilarious, fun, and entertaining thing I've seen. And it looked like the players out there were having fun. Like, it just, it was so much fun. And I agree. And Trevor Zegers coming in just for that mm-hmm. is, is a credit to the players. Because in past years, you had trouble getting players to the All-Star weekend, let alone just coming in for one event. So that's a, that's a big stick tap to the players, Stephanie. Yeah, it, you, it, it, was just, it was fun to get to see, like, players' personality. And I know that's something that we hear a lot is like, oh, there's no players with personality. Let them do stuff like that. That was just... The mo- I, I, I can't imagine having any more fun at a at, at something where the, the end result doesn't really matter, right? Because yeah. it's just about having fun, right? Nobody's going home like, oh, we lost the All-Star game. The world's over. Like, no, it's just fun. So who is your so, favorite? Like, who is my favorite? My favorite was Alex Debrinkit and The Hangover <laughs> and the Mike Tyson impersonator <laughs> with the tiger. Like, I was dying. I almost fell out of my chair. I was laughing so hard. That's outstanding. What did you do for the rest of the weekend? Did you get out to fanfare? I did. I went on Saturday, and my son got to participate in the street hockey showcase. Oh, so um, that was super cool. He was on the St. Louis Blues team. Um, when I told him he was going to be on the St. Louis Blues, his words were, and I quote, well, thank goodness I'm not on the Sharks. That would be a horrendous <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Uh, good on you. Anything else you want to add? No, I mean, we got to see Stanley Cup. We got to, my daughter got her jersey signed by Derek England. Like, it was an excellent experience the NHL and Vegas put on, and I love it. Uh, it's awesome. Great. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate the call, Stephanie. Uh, talk to you again, hopefully, uh, next Monday. That, that debate about the breakaway challenge mm-hmm. is one that's very passionate. You love it, mm-hmm. or you never want to see it again. And I've been on both sides of that. Yeah. So, like, the way that I look at it, I, I don't think that there should be a winner of the breakaway challenge. Like, I, I think that it's nice to have those moments, have that that create that, that creative out, outlet for some of the some of the young guys in this league to go out and do something fun, to, to be to create those gifable moments like you had with Trevor Zegers, where he comes in, he delivers, and it is all over social media. It's growing the legend of Trevor Zegers. It's growing the game uh, in, in, in how much fun it is. But like I, I could do without a winner or a loser. Like it doesn't really matter. It, it, the the scores matter less than than the overall ability to just go out there and do something interesting, creative, and fun. I think we should have goalies that are ten years old, <laughs> and you're just out there getting a thrill of a lifetime. Back to the phone line seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. One line open. Uh, thank you to Stephanie. Welcome in Frank to the VGK Insider Show. How you guys doing today? Good, really well. Good. Got a comment about Zach Eichel. I think it was an outstanding trade that the team made a few months back. But what I think a lot of people are tending to forget that once he does come back to the ice, it's going to take some time for him to get in sync with his teammates. I think too many people are going to jump the gun and think that he could be a bust or may not be what they thought he would be. I think come playoff time, he's going to be just fine. But again, we just have to be patient and and I believe everything will work out with a trade in the long run. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it, it's going to take some time. I I because he's had so much practice with the players. Uh, I I think it'll it'll be more seamless than uh, than what we might expect. But 
Yeah, I mean, expecting him to go out there and and score a goal per game for the first ten games, that that's a little bit. He's he's never played with with these players in a game, so that will be a, a, a transition for him. But being around the team for a month and a half, two months, whenever he does does play, uh, I think is going to be so beneficial knowing some of the uh, nuances and and habits and tendencies of his line mates. Good point. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate the call uh, because uh, they've done some five-on-five work. They've done some three-on-three work. They've done uh, some some scrimmages uh, through the course, and that's that's fun for the players. That's good for the uh, for the entire roster, but it's also really good for Jack. Yeah, it's it's important that he was able to have this time to to really be in and around this team to get out practice and take his time coming back because I, I think that's going to be the most important thing is whether or not he's going to be able to hit the ground running work that he's been able to put in over the last month and a half. And he's put in the work the teammates around him have also put in the work with him on the ice. And you're hoping that that is a more seamless transition. For those that are not aware, Jack Eichel was in a regular practice sweater today. The non-contact Jersey has been put aside. Uh, He did some contact work before practice on rink B with Alec Martinez uh, and uh, is slowly going to ramp up uh, the physical contact uh, before he makes his Vegas Golden Knights debut. Doesn't sound like that's going to be this week. Uh, back to the phone lines. Pete, you're on the VGK Insider Show on this Monday. Hey, fellas. How we doing today? Good. We're rocking and rolling, pal. Rocking and rolling, just like the weekend. So kudos for the NHL for doing a lot of things. I love that. They're not afraid to change up the format, uh, you know, try to bring a little bit different excitement to the, to the non-real hockey fan and tell people this all the time. You're, you're not experiencing hockey unless you're there in person, and that's really what it comes down to. The TV just doesn't do it justice because there's just so much going on on the ice other than what the cameras are following. And um, I think that that's awesome. They're trying to generate a, a new fan, uh, you know, with their format. Really cool, you know, hysterical weekend, to be quite honest with you, the way they did everything. Not to mention it was in Vegas where they had the Pro Bowl and, and uh, out of the opportunity to go see NHL or the Pro Bowl, it was, you know, T-Mobile Arena, no doubt about, about it. It's just a funner atmosphere and everything. And on that, just real quick, guys, I was uh, 14 years old, and my folks had Dodger tickets. Friends of ours wanted to go to the Dodger game, and they had Kings tickets, so we swapped. The very next day, my dad sold Dodger tickets and bought Kings tickets. Hockey's for real. I love it, and I'm out. What did you do this weekend? I went to the NHL thing to the, to the, the weekend. It was awesome. So you went to the skills, the game, and fanfare? Yep, the fanfare, the skills, the, you know, the three games was a really awesome format. You know, basically, uh, you know, single elimination. You play, you win, you go on to the finals. Uh, You know, it wasn't like football where they weren't even touching people. It was kind of embarrassing to even watch the Pro Bowl. So I I was happy where my seats were and happy I got to enjoy a real you know, a fan experience. Good job, Pete. Appreciate it. Uh, and be well. There's Pete on the VGK Insider Show. Opens up a line to 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340 on the VGK Insider Show. 
That's smooth. I like it. I like your your read of the the number seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty thirteen forty. Do it a little differently. Yeah, one three four zero. Just trying to keep everybody. It's engaging. Uh, interested You're engaging. and uh, and uh, involved because thirteen forty sometimes just rolls off your tongue and it goes so fast. I so one three four zero. I'm getting practice. Mm-hmm. I've been out of practice a little bit. I got to get ready for tomorrow night. I've got to get ready for pregame, intermission, and postgame. Uh, so you know, I'm 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 getting my reps in now. Two games to Alberta. Edmonton tomorrow night. A pregame show starts at 5 o'clock. And then on Wednesday, it's Calgary. Pregame show at 5.30. So uh, slightly different start times for those two games. And the back-to-back set to Edmonton and Calgary. Back to the phone lines we go. Stephanie on the VGK Insider Show. Hi, guys. How's it going? We're doing great. How are you? What did you do this weekend? Um, I did almost everything. I went to the skills, which was a freaking blast. It was so much fun. Um, I went to FanFest. Um, everybody was saying about, you know, how it's fam- family-friendly, bring the kids. Um, I don't have kids, and I still had a blast. So it was just so cool to see everybody and, you know, meet so many different people um, all over the country. I don't know many players outside of the Vegas Golden Knights, so it was really cool to kind of see some of the other people that I don't normally know a whole lot about. What was your favorite part of fanfare? Um, honestly, seeing the Stanley Cup in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you get a picture with it? Oh yes, I did. It was it was so cool. Like I mean, I stood in line for a while, but it was totally worth it. It, it gives me butterflies just thinking about it, uh, it, being, it being around it. it. And and every day I was there at fanfare, I would go over and and be near it and just uh, make sure that I laid eyes on it and. And I've probably seen it as much as anybody in this city and been around the Stanley Cup as much as anybody in this city. And it still just gives me uh, butterflies. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And the the people that were there were so nice. Like, they pointed out the different guys' names. I know we don't have one for the Golden Knights yet. um, But I did get to see some of the other players, their names from the other team. So they were really, really cool. Like, it just, everything was so much fun. Um, I work um, on Las Vegas Boulevard. Don't know if I should say this on the radio or not, but I did play hooky to go see the stuff that they filmed uh, Thursday night. Oh, in front you of did! The nice. Good for you. That was, that How was close really cool. did you get? How close did you get? Um, I was on the bridge crossing over, so I didn't get to see like a, a ton, but I got to see enough to you know to kind of see it. It was really cool. Wow, that's that's neat. Uh, good for you. Yeah. Uh, did you wear a sweater uh, all weekend? Did you did you wear your and, and which uh, which jersey did you wear? Um, I wore, I, I have a Shea Theodore jersey, so I did wear that. Um, I also have a sweatshirt. So I, it was cold Thursday night, so I had to layer it up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, it was it was just so much fun. And, you know, just meeting other people that are all hockey fans. I mean, even if they wear a different jersey, it was still fun striking up a conversation about their favorite part of the weekend. And it was just fun extending my hockey family. <laughs> Hockey fans this weekend in Vegas are like motorcycle riders. Hmm. We, were, we, were all, we were all giving each other the little, hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, you know, when, when a motorcycle passes a motorcycle, they give each other the little little signal. That's yeah. what we were doing as hockey fans this weekend. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. Um, I was going to ask you guys, though, um, is this all-star thing, is that something they do for different cities, or what's the chances that they're going to come back to Vegas next year? Not next year. Um, it, it's got probably going to be a while before you you end up back in Vegas. Now, year, next year was announced it'll be in South Florida. Um, I I don't know that it's going to be 
uh, a situation where there's going to be another all-star game in the next five or 10 years back in Vegas. But, you know, when, when you look at the success of the weekend, when you look at how much players enjoyed themselves getting here, coming here to Vegas over the course of the weekend, um, you would hope that as soon as it's possible for another all-star game to come to Vegas, that it, it would be, it would be here. And it was yeah. actually a bit of a bonus this year because normally the All-Star Weekend is not held during an Olympic year. And they held it here because most of the stars were going to be here and then they were uh, going to gather with their federations uh, here in Vegas and fly over to Beijing right after. So it was convenient and you could do it and they didn't have one one last year. So they, they, they doubled down and did both in one year. Now, the Olympics aren't happening for the National Hockey League. So this was uh, a bit of a, a bonus uh, for the National Hockey League. I will tell you this, in, in talking to uh, people from both the National Hockey League and my friends there and my buddies from the National Hockey League Players Association in, in working uh, the, the conversations, uh, to a person, Vegas knocked it out of the park to the point that there's plans afoot or uh, suggestions uh, being made that they should bring some of the ancillary events uh, involved in the National Hockey League with players uh, to to Vegas uh, and other hockey events. Like, Vegas is a Golden Knights town. what people saw this weekend was the first time as Vegas as an NHL town mm. and the players bought in and the league bought in and the people in the city bought in. And, and it was really good, Stephanie. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you know, Vegas is a, you know, the, the airports, you know, a central hub to a lot of different places all over the country and all over the world. So, I mean, it just, it makes sense having it here, not just because I live here, but it definitely makes sense having here. I agree. Uh, awesome yeah. uh, stuff. Uh, appreciate the call, and I'm glad you enjoyed the weekend. I did. Also, too, welcome back, Ryan. I, I'm glad you're back from your dental surgery and everything went well. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Guys. Have a good rest of your day. You, too. There's Stephanie on the VGK Insider Show, 702-876-1340. If you want to give us a call, let us know uh, what you enjoyed about All-Star Weekend. Uh, what was your favorite part about uh, either the skills competition or the game itself uh, or fanfare? Uh, call us, 702-876-1340. You know, I, I, as I kind of go over the All-Star Weekend, as I kind of sit here and reflect on it, it, that being my first All-Star experience, um, I, I can't imagine it getting much better than it was over the course of the weekend. Just from the way the production was for the the skills competition, the the ideas to think outside the box, getting to have a chat with Steve Mayer about why and how and all those ideas came to be. Um, you know, it, it was just a really cool and awesome and fun experience to be a part of. But you know, the 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 players. The, the players delivered on the ice. The players, and especially when you look at the breakaway challenge, especially when you look at um, some of the different skills that you can relate to as a fan, uh, the players deserve a ton of credit for what they were able to put on this weekend. I learned that the pool at the Bellagio Fountains, the water, mm-hmm. is 13 feet deep in some spots. I didn't know that. Does it make you want to jump in there and swim? Not a chance. Not, not, not even, a little bit? even no. the Are slightest. you not good in the water? Uh, I, I love the water. I just don't like, um, I, I like my water to be, what do you call it? Salty? Treated. Oh. And warm. Okay. 
I, I would actually take warm. I mean, over I get treated. warm. I, I understand because like you can't even handle fifty-three degree weather anymore. No, so I no, get the, I get the no, not a needing to be warm. Not a not a chance. I'm 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 really big on 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 having it uh, be nice and comfortable when when I jump in, and I don't get the impression that those fountains are heated. That no, probably that pool not. is heated. Probably not. Uh, there could be some ice shifting uh, on that. I watched some of that uh, on Lake Superior over the course of the weekend. It's pretty cool. Uh, we have games actually underway now. It we was did. a short all-star break. Uh, mm-hmm. The Hurricanes and the Maple Leafs uh, are on the ice and the Devils and the Senators. Uh, so you've got uh, a couple of teams that, that were hard hit with postponements during uh, the uh, rise and the height of the Omicron variant uh, impacted uh, in the National Hockey League and the Devils without Jack Hughes, who left Vegas and went into COVID protocol, and uh, they're facing the Ottawa Senators. Interesting. Players had to test back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way this is going to work for the, from a testing and COVID perspective for the National Hockey League moving forward is uh, players coming back from the All-Star break had to test back in. and And from now on... You don't have to test daily. The only time that you will be tested is if you're deemed to be close contact or if you're uh, symptomatic. Uh, Or the third issue is going to Canada. Mm -hmm. So the Vegas players were all going to have to test in uh, anyway. Uh, coming back from All-Star Weekend because they're off to to Edmonton and Calgary. But the daily testing and players missing action because uh, even though they're asymptomatic, those days, for the time being, are over. And one other part, and you wouldn't have been able to tell this from today's Golden Knights practice because there was 15 forwards and eight defensemen on the ice, is the taxi squad is bye-bye. Yeah. The uh, the taxi squad has been extinguished moving forward. Yeah, and it's it's a signal of, you know, hopefully what we are, are going to be in for in the second half, and that is less disruptions, less players entering the COVID protocol, and and just a, a better ability to play games day in and day out. You know, for for a league that I think has done a really prudent job of trying to do their best to protect their players and, and riding that line, this is the right time, I think, to, to kind of move in that direction to only test when there are symptoms. I must admit that I was wrong about something, and I'm going to confess to you guys right now. What? That I was... I was off the mark with a statement that I made. I said, and and I had a conversation with somebody that actually I used on on the air uh, for the recording of the trip podcast, that this was such a perfect time for Vegas to have the all-star game, even though uh, people weren't going to go out and and do Vegas the way people normally do Vegas. Mm -hmm. But players were excited to come here. uh, Teams were excited to come here. And it was, even though you couldn't do it up old school, it was great. I'm, I'm going to admit right now that I was wrong because people did it up old school. <laughs> there was a lot of people that did, a, did Vegas yep. like you would do Vegas in 2016 or will do Vegas in 2028. There was a whole bunch of fun had in Vegas this weekend. I mean, that's, it's the fun capital of the world. Like this is, this is what makes Vegas Vegas. Mm -hmm. It's what makes this place one of the greatest places in the entire world. Because for people that live here, 
you understand what Vegas is beyond the strip. For people that visit, you understand what Vegas is on the strip. And those two things just live in harmonious um, balance. And it's the greatest thing. And it's awesome. And I'm glad that everybody came into this city mm. and enjoyed themselves for an entire weekend. Because quite frankly, it's been two years where it's been very difficult. That break, that ability to just go out and have some fun, that's greatly needed. This may not be morally correct. I know it's not morally correct. But that stopped you? I know a lot of people who came in here and were here for three days. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they did when they landed was get their test done. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they got that test negative, because you had to get it 72 hours in advance, as soon as they got that, it was the high, hard one onto the strip and party hard. Uh, Rita, wrap up uh, this Monday on the VGK Insider Show. Long time no talk. How are you? Well, I'm good. I almost didn't call, but I remembered I wanted to make an observation. And with all due respect, Darren, did y'all not get the feeling that Gary Bettman in his speech was kind of taking some passive-aggressive shots at the Canadian government? Oh, I, I don't think it was passive at all. <laughs> I, I think you can drop the passive part of that. It was very aggressive. Okay, well, that was just my thing. I was listening to it. Like, we don't want to talk about Rocky, but let me tell you about Canada. So, you know, but anyway, good to talk to you guys. That's really all I got. You too. You're the best. Uh, Thanks, Rita. No, I, I, um, I met somebody in the press box during the game on Saturday and had a long conversation long enough that I just made it back in time to, uh, to join Ryan uh, for, for the intermission. And yeah, they were, they were taken aback by the tone that Gary had for the, for the, provincial and municipal and federal government's uh, handling of COVID and where they are right now. Listen, there's a, there's a, a window, a date in about a week and a half, 10 days now uh, in Ontario where they're going to have to make a decision where they're going to open it up right now. They don't have fans in, in Ontario, mm-hmm. in, in Toronto, in Ottawa, uh, and Winnipeg is negligible. Uh, it's 50% in Alberta, and that's what you'll see tomorrow night, but no food and beverage. And, and the National Hockey League, quite frankly, is trying to put some pressure on on the the governments there to to open back up compared to what we're seeing in the states. And I was told a while ago, this is going back to December, that the Montreal Canadiens had looked at Orlando, Florida, really? to move their move their home games and play them down there, and because they were going to be able to put some people in the buildings and uh, in Orlando, uh, they used to have an IHL team. And the other part was they weren't going to have to cross the border mm-hmm. uh, as as much. So uh, there's that part about teams had looked uh, when Gary mentioned teams had looked at alternate locations uh, that that was in lockstep with what I had heard about the Montreal Canadiens. That's fascinating. And mm-hmm. and you know what? I, I don't necessarily blame the teams like I, I don't blame a team that's looking at more revenue losses to to look at a way to mitigate that and try to get back to where they were before Omicron. Like I, I, I don't fault the, the Montreal Canadiens or any other team that looked at alternate options at all. Look, Canadians are way more conservative than Americans. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a fact. But when you look at full buildings compared to nobody in the building, that hurts you big time in the oh, pocketbook. Yeah. And, uh, and look, it's, it's, it's not over yet. I don't think there's going to be, they're going to go from zero to, to 100% capacity. But the idea that you can't open food and beverage uh, stations in a rink uh, is strange mm-hmm. 
And I understand the principle of it, but it's still strange how much real effect is it having. And uh, and in the pocketbook, it's uh, the players are, are not happy because it's HHRR, hockey-related uh, mm-hmm. revenue in the cap. Bill Daly told me uh, on, on, on Friday, it's, it's not going to have as much of an effect as people would think on the salary cap next year, uh, but the optics of it certainly does uh, influence you. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more all-star uh, discussion. We'll also tell you what the lines looked like today at uh, Vegas Golden Knights practice, uh, who was on the ice, and a little bit more on Jack Eichel shedding that non-contact sweater. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. We have this conversation every now and then. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Like, how much is your phone, your electronics, really listening to what you're doing? <laughs> They're always listening. Yeah. So a buddy of mine at work, he does a lot of woodworking. He makes some cutting boards. Okay. So he's walking me through it the other day. Oh, nice. All the way he glues them together and the different wood and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Three days later, on my Instagram, I start getting pop-up ads for cutting boards and woodworking. Yep. I've never once ever looked at woodworking or talked about woodworking or cutting boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to ask the apps nowadays not to track your uh, your everyday movement. It's your... scary. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. I as as someone that's incredibly connected to my social media and someone that's incredibly connected to the apps that you see me utilize on a daily basis. I absolutely hate every minute of it. Absolutely hate every minute of it because anything that I look up, anything that I that I choose to to try to dig into or, or research, will undoubtedly show up about a day or two later in my Facebook feed. That I get. Like if I'm online and I'm mm. googling something or I'm doing stuff, I get that. But just some conversation yeah, in no. the office talking about woodworking. It's got ears. I know. It's listening to you. But. Every day. It was, yeah. it was accurate, too. It was exactly what we were talking about. Do you, do you have an Alexa at home? Yes. Oof. But I don't no, really talk about, I don't talk about anything. It doesn't all, matter all, if you're all, talking to her. She's still listening yeah, to you. No, no. I mean, all my Alexa's hearing is frustration over a kid. And my kid's frustration over me. That's, that's, <laughs> and, and if, if that was, if Alexa was, was, uh, was on the mark with me, mm-hmm. it would be, I would get pop-up ads for parenting advice because my, it would be listening to my kids uh, when you go home about tonight, dad. When you go home tonight, say, Alexa, how can I be a better dad? Yeah. And just see what happens. See if I get some parenting tips mm-hmm. uh, yeah. pop-up. I bet you do because she's listening to you. Did you guys, uh, did you guys like the skills competition or the game more? Skills competition. Yeah. It, the the game was tough for me because there were moments, there were flashes, but it wasn't as dialed in as I thought the game was going to be. It, they, they got better. The games progressively got better as you got to the final. But um, the skills competition for me was really the moment where you, you had those those flair for the dramatic type situations. Obviously, Trevor Zegras, to me, stole the entire weekend with his breakaway challenge. And it's it's really hard to top something that you just have never seen before are likely never going to see again. And it was the single greatest display of skill I've ever seen in my life. I still have no idea how that puck stayed on the blade of his stick. Like I, I, 
every time I watch it, I am. I, I showed my wife, and my wife said to me that he defied the laws of physics with what he did. There, there is no way possible that puck should have stayed on his stick the way it did. It, it, it's just, it, it was mind blowing. Like I am so amazed at that play. It's not really a play, but what he did. You know what I think about when I, when I watch something like that? What happened like the first 20 times he tried that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, how bad did well, it go? I bet you it the didn't first go 20, bad at all. 20 times. With him? I, I, I would say he probably it probably didn't go right the first time, but I bet it didn't take him 20 times to get it. Well, he said it took him about two hours to come up with it, right? Yeah, so, like, so that, you, that, that's a lot of times. You have to imagine that this is a this is a player that's got all the skill in the world, and yeah. he's thinking it up in his head. He's trying to get it to go. At what point in that time period? Because you know there were a lot of failures. You know there were a lot of times where the puck would fall off his stick, whatever the case may be. At what point in time while he was coming up with the move did he realize he could do it and then go out there and execute it the way that he did in the moment where he knew he had to? And I think that's kind of the aspect of this that that a lot of people are, are forgetting is that he had one chance, one shot when everybody was watching, all the cameras were on him. He had to convert. He had to make it work. And he did. That is massive. That was awesome. This is the first time that you've been in the building for a skills competition, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the vibe like? Relaxed. Yeah. Just kind of like a bunch of guys hanging out and and having fun on the ice, talking. Like it was it was really not it wasn't really all that different than what I expected it to be from watching skills mm-hmm. competitions in the past, but it was cool to see some of the side conversations. It was cool to see some of the kids out on the ice really getting to, to have some moments with their, with their fathers that were playing. Um, but it was just relaxed. It just seemed like a good time. From watching it on TV to being in the building, because TV gives you everything. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said about the skills competition to being in the building mm-hmm. to be able to see a little bit beyond the lens. And it's, it's one, one of the few things like hockey is a sport to, to watch in person, but something like the skills competition, you get that added element uh, of information with the TV broadcast. There's, I could go either way on it. I, I, I was, I was, I'm really happy that people got to experience the skills in person though. Yeah. I think for me, it was you, you were aware that there were things that were happening and I, I circle back to Zegras. I you add Alex to bring it to that mm-hmm. too. Even Jack Hughes with with his magic trick. Like there were guys, there were there were there were peers on the ice that were blown away by what was happening. And I think when you see the elite of the elite that play this sport, their jaws on the floor because of what Trevor Zegras just did. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that on TV. Like you get that from from yep. cluing in on individual people. Like that just just really drives home the point of how amazing and remarkable that move was that he pulled off and where the skill is at right now in this game with some of the young players. The game itself, I was impressed with. Having watched uh, a number of these, my expectations are so low for all-star games Mm -hmm. or Pro Bowls or whatever. Uh, I I thought the hockey was really good. Like I I walked away from that going, that was good. Uh, And... I probably liked it more. I'm half full anyway. You guys know that. And there was rose-colored glasses watching that, but I I liked it. What jumps out at me now is we're six years into Mm three-on-three. And two divisions have won. 
are we at a time where we can start looking at this going, what's going on here? Pacific and Metropolitan are the only two divisions to win the All-Star Game three-on-three competition. Mm -hmm. What do they have in common? Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Fair. And and Sid and and Ovi weren't even there. They didn't even have those this year. Guys. And Dreisaitl and McDavid were, and they didn't make the make win their game. But it's it, <laughs> is, is it is it as simple as that? As I as I dilute my own argument, but like the Central and the uh, Atlantic have won this thing. I I mean I I think that the case can be made, but you know as you mentioned, you you absolutely diluted mm-hmm. your argument because you just pointed out the fact that Sidney Crosby and, and Alex Ovechkin were not there and uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl didn't do very much yeah. in their game. So I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, it, it, every, every year, I think it's just kind of a little bit different. And um, I understand that only two divisions have won three on three, but I, I just think that you, you kind of have situations where, it's really just like like you mentioned on the pregame show, finding your game as quickly as you can, and who who is going to find the game? Like who cares enough in that moment to kind of start putting things together and, and dial up the intensity a little bit? And it bit. sounded like the Metropolitan bench and listening to some of the guys talk about it afterwards yeah. were were a little more intense. Like it was noticeable, and that was coming from players that played against them. That that there was just a different level of focus uh, from from the metropolitan division to try and try and uh, capitalize on on putting some money in their jeans and winning the thing. Well, I, I think that that probably had something to do with Claude Giroux. Like mm-hmm. you you know we we were looking at kind of how many players had multiple All-Star game appearances and Claude Giroux had was making his seventh. Like that was mm-hmm. the the most experience that you had going into that game. And you know for a player in, in Giroux who is in the last year of his deal, who is, is there's questions about where he's going to be, whether or not he'll move at the trade deadline. Not that you're going to take a ton out of three on three, uh, uh, all-star game, but for Claude Drew to go out there and play well and, and be a catalyst that might lead to an opportunity to chase the Stanley cup. Like I, I, I just think that you, you've got a guy that's been there. You've got a guy that's saying, Hey, listen, don't you want to leave with a little bit more money? If that's the case, let's go out there and, and play. And, and they did. You know, we didn't get a lot of spectacular saves. Now we get more like draw, jaw dropping saves. Cam Talbot came up with one near the end of uh, yeah, of yeah. his first period, but we didn't get any of those really. Yeah, I wanted the Andre Vasilevsky behind the back glove yeah, save, something like, like that, that. that. We didn't get that. Um, goaltending was okay. Eh, My eh. favorite line though was was Hedman, Huberto, and. Matthews. That was a fantastic line. I can't believe they didn't win. Yeah. No, they were they were really good. Uh, it, it was, you know, for me, it was really interesting to see Austin Matthews and, J- and Jonathan Huberto together just because there there was some chemistry and, and you, you put Victor Hedman into any situation. It makes everything else better. Um, yeah, I thought that line was really fantastic uh, all, all afternoon long. You know what you could have out of that line? Hmm. Norris Trophy. <laughs> Rocket Richard. Yep. And Art Ross. Hart, too. And probably Hart to, to one of them. Yeah. But you could you could have three individual trophies out of there. Yeah. For leading scorer, leading goal scorer, and best defenseman. Yeah. No, all, you're, you're not wrong. All, all in that line. Yeah, And, you know, I, I think 
you know, there were there were the other the other parts of it too. Like I I love seeing Jack Hughes set up Chris Kreider in the mm-hmm. opposite way. Like I just I love the idea of Claude Giroux setting up Jake Gensel. It's just fun, right? Like it, it's it's unique. It's interesting. It was a cool weekend. If I had room, I'd trade for Claude Giroux tomorrow. I agree with that. And that beard. I wonder if you have to pay extra for the beard. Be awesome. Uh, when we continue the play of the day, it comes from All-Star Weekend, and then we'll get into the line combinations and some of the sound from media availability today from the Vegas School of the Knights, who are en route to Alberta for games against the Oilers and the Calgary Flames on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, I love this place. I'm back home in Canada right now. You still got two months of winter. Two and potential for some hardcore winter. Mm-hmm. Today, ooh, that was a Vegas day. And it's only going to get better. Yeah, it is. That'd be great for the next three months. I love this Fantastic place. Fantastic weather. Love this place. Play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Going back to All-Star Weekend, but the skills competition. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Here's Trevor Zegers with a ode to dodgeball. Well, there's a reason Trevor is here, and this is very much all about what he is. He's done some amazing things in this young man's career you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball we're gonna do the blindfold trick here we go Jimmy put a blindfold get on some me. help from Let's his teammate it's a bold strategy simmer let's see if it works out so apparently there's going to be oh here we go the mascots coming out to try and distract look up wow Well, that was more Guy Lafleur than Pete Lafleur, wasn't it? Judges, what do you have to say about that? I don't know what just happened, but that was really cool. Well, the, the kid just—he's got incredible skills, and there's the numbers, nines and tens all around. He got there so quickly they didn't even get the dodgeballs out to get him in time. I was going to say that's why he has to be here, isn't it? <laughs> He's he's trying to work the judges a little bit too. He's right over. So. And he's like, what are you guys giving me? Just a little kid. He's just a kid having fun that loves the game still. I know there's been a lot of debate about his skill set and some of the things he's tried to pull off, but look at the smile on his face right now. This kid just loves hockey. That is unbelievable. Well, and so how many kids for the next couple of weeks are going to be trying that on the backyard? Or the outdoor rink. That's your highlight of the night. Thank you very much, Chris Cuthbert and Craig Simpson, along with Kevin Bieksa on the Hockey Night in Canada feed. Uh, I can confirm people were trying it out at City National Arena today. I was watching them uh, out on the ice, a uh, little pickup and the stick and puck. People yeah. were trying that stuff. That yeah. was, it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I again, don't even understand it. I, 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 I get it. I get aspects of it. But everything put together as one motion, no way. That is the longest ever play of the day on the VGK Insider <laughs> Show. Hey, we'll I take think a we, break. We played a full overtime once. We will uh, come back. No, we've never done that. Trust me. 
We've never done that, but we've we've come close to it. Uh, hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas.